You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Amazing. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I have a terrific guest here today, Blake Harris of Blake Harris Law. Blake, I test my team to find a fascinating attorney that is a serious student of marketing. They came up with a very short list. You were at the very top. Well, I watched. Go ahead. Well, I'm honored, Sasha, honored to be on the show and honored to have those comments. I watched a bunch of your content before reaching out to you. The one that struck me the most was a video on TikTok where you answered a question of some random guy who asked you, I think the question was, what was the most unusual quote that you've heard that had a deep impact in your life? And you talked about the quote that you read when you were, if I remember correctly, in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what it was? He who has a thing to sell and goes and whispers in a well is not as apt to get the dollar as he who climbs the tree and hollers. You know, that's funny. I haven't said that in quite a while but I got on the back of a sugar packet and I read it frequently for years. And it just kind of stuck in my mind. My dad was an attorney as well and a pretty good marketer. And um, I had a few businesses in my younger days as well. And the field that I'm in, well, just attorneys in general, often many are very afraid to put the word out there of what they do. The attorneys who years ago were willing to go on television. They were kind of the cowboys of the industry. They experienced the greatest success. And those who went on television were on the billboards and they very much were very successful, rewarded very nicely for it. Now, the attorneys who nowadays, television is kind of tapering, especially among the newer, younger generation. The future, I believe, is going to be in the hands of the those who dominate social media and those who are willing to put themselves on social media. And I see an individual who's willing to go on social media as somebody who stands by what they say. If you're not willing to put what you say in writing, if you're not willing to put what you say on video, if you're not willing to post it online, are you all that confident about what you're saying? So kind of a long answer to your question. Yes, I certainly remember that and live by it. It's kind of funny how impressionable one little quote you read when you're 12 years old can be for the rest of your life. So 20 plus years later, what impact did that quote have had on your business thus far? And let me just preface that with when I tasked my team to find for an unusual attorney, I was looking for someone who is very successful on social media and does it nonchalantly. There are a lot of lawyers who try very hard on social media and it really looks that way. You know, you could make a great, and you being in law firm marketing, I would actually love it if you did this. You could make a great uh, collection of terrible attorney videos. Now, when I started making attorney videos, I mean, when I started my law practice nine years ago, my content was pretty weak, pretty pretty mediocre, and it's gotten gradually better over time. However, the competition, the other attorney videos out there were laughable. I mean, all kinds of just weird stuff that attorneys were attorneys were doing out there. There's a lot of attorneys who are hesitant to post 
but over time, more attorneys have entered the field and attorneys have gotten better. And, and there's a few attorneys who actually put out phenomenal content. The, what was great for me was TikTok. Before TikTok, there was Instagram. And Instagram, you're supposed to have the great view, the fancy car, and just it's this very propped up kind of fake image. It's uh, some good eye candy, but it's not authentic. And TikTok, it becomes much more authentic. It's okay if you stutter a little bit in TikTok, if you have a little bit of dirt on your shirt. And being a pretty authentic person myself, I'm not one who wears a tie. I'm very relaxed and casual in how I communicate with my clients. It was a very good fit for me. So basically, being able to comfortably communicate what I say, it shows confidence in what I do, it makes me feel, it shows that I'm comfortable in understanding what I, my, 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 my specialty. So yes, the nonchalant uh, form of marketing is very much the new form of marketing and it's real and real people really want to work with real people. Watched a few of your videos and I noticed that your hair usually runs a little wild, which is how my hair gets if I let it out a little bit, right? I don't use any product in the morning. So I was like, that's going to be the guy who I want to interview. That, that nonchalant approach, like no polishing of those videos at all. I think that you probably just do this and you talk. Yep, right? yep. I mean, it's, it's not always the first take, but sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes it is. And just being myself really is something that uh, resonates well with a lot of clients. I'm not mm -hmm. for everyone, but I am for enough people. Yeah, super interesting. I find that most attorneys, and we work with so many, inter I interview so many, they're very shy when it comes to going on video, period. And when they do go on video, they try so hard to be incredibly polished, which I think is mistake number one. Mm -hmm. Mistake number two, and I want you to talk about this and the impact that all of this work that you have done producing hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of videos on TikTok, the impact that it had on your business. But I think most of them, they try do not see an ROI on it whatsoever and quit a little too early. So I've had many attempts at social media and the mm -hmm. majority of them did not produce positive returns. But what I have had is a belief that it's going to work and it has to work. I do speaking engagements. Last week I was in the Caribbean speaking to a crowd of about 100 people. That's great. But I can post a video and that can easily go out to thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And I've even had a video go out to millions of people. That's too big of an opportunity not to miss out on. So I'll even add that naturally, I'm a pretty introverted, shy person, but I've never been afraid of going on camera. I've never been afraid of putting myself out there to be the speaker. Um, and it takes a little bit of, um, I don't know if it's, confidence or humility or just not afraid to embarrass yourself and a mm -hmm. lot of people they don't produce content because they feel like it has to be perfect and as you said my videos are far from perfect but they are real they connect with people they have good information and sometimes even have some good humor to them as well definitely so you have a ton of videos on tiktok and i really focused on tiktok and i was wondering what was the breakthrough point? Because I assume the first dozens or maybe a couple hundred did not really produce any business, or is that not the case? So it took a little while for me to start getting calls, but I actually had a um, 
account, one of my first five videos got 10,000 views and I just opened my eyes of, oh my gosh, this, this is something real. And then when you, the sunlight comes to the flower, the flower faces the sunlight even harder. And so I just kept pushing more and more on it. And then as I started getting more and more calls from it, I put more and more effort into, into, into TikTok and into other platforms as well. So, uh, I mean, I'd say 10 TikTok followers, maybe one Instagram follower, maybe worth 10 TikTok followers. Um, I have a much smaller following on other platforms, but I still get interest from the other platforms as well. So it, it took, it took a little while. It didn't take real long, but once, but once you kind of get that first taste of it, it just encouraged me to go harder and harder. And I'm continuously uploading more and more content, making more and more content. And a big key to it, a big trick to it is to have fun with it. People ask, should I get on TikTok? And my advice is, uh, first of all, be careful with the app. It can be very addictive. I've gotten uh, family members uh, who I, they started watching my videos and now I wake up in the morning, they've sent me six, tic- six TikToks. But that's more on the consumption side. On the production side, I say, do it if you're going to have fun with it. If it's painful for you, then find some other way to market the business or don't be a marketer. Find someone else to, to do your marketing. But if it's fun, you're going to work hard. If you enjoy it, you're going to produce a lot of content. And if it doesn't always produce a lot of ROI for you, it's okay because it's not like you sold your soul in the, in the process. It's you enjoyed, you enjoyed the process. The man who enjoys walking will go far, much farther than the man who enjoys the destination. So mm-hmm. if it's something you, if it's something you can enjoy or do it in a format that you can, you can enjoy, then by all means, I like making the c- content. Um, I'm not much into video editing myself. Occasionally I'll hire someone to do some video, ed- some video editing, uh, but a lot of my videos are pretty much unedited. And, um, it's, and that's fine because it allows me to focus on doing the things I enjoy doing and you get better at doing the things you enjoy doing because you do them a lot. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. And when I talked about you being a serious student of marketing, social media is not the only thing that you do. You mentioned that you do speaking. So yeah. I do, I do mm-hmm. a, a fair bit of, I do, I, I write, um, I've been in Forbes, mm-hmm. I've been in various different mm-hmm. mag- magazines and newspapers through, throughout the country. I've spoken both domestically across the country and, and internationally. I teach a lot of continuing education. So I'm teaching other attorneys how to set up and create offshore trusts, which is my specialty, helping clients keep their money protected from lawsuits. It's a very niche area, which not a lot of attorneys have really developed an expertise in. And so there's a pretty high demand for that in terms of continuing education. And there's also the best marketing, of course, is doing a good job for clients. You do a good job for clients, they'll refer business, they'll they'll, they'll leave reviews. And I talk to everyone and always remind them, best marketing is doing a good job for clients. This other good marketing is, and I'm also a big believer in in in-person if you can meet with somebody in person who may be can refer your business or just help your business in, in some way, there's a very special connection there. I and mean, it's great to have a video that goes out to a thousand people or 10,000 people, but to sit down and have a lunch with someone one-on-one that can develop a bond that can really last the, the rest of your, your career. So a few different, you go after a few different routes, you learn some things work better than other things. Sticking with something longer will will pay better pay better dividends. 
And there will be some things that you do along the way that don't work, but that's okay. You tried it, you learned, and then you can go on and focus your efforts elsewhere to where things do work. But keeping an open mind for trying new things over time because marketing is a changing game. Social media is a changing changing game. They're constantly changing the algorithms and uh, the fe- and the features and different social media platforms are coming out and each platform is, is, is changing. And so it's an evolving field. And if you enjoy learning, well, there's an endless well of information that you can learn on any of the platforms. Mm-hmm. Many excellent points there. So the way that I see your business right now from a very far distance away, you have a ton of following on TikTok. Over a quarter of a million people follow you. There are some videos that get hundreds of views, thousands of views, tens of thousands of views. I think there were a few that had hundreds of thousands of views. And I think you mentioned that you had a video that went into over a million views. Yep. So you do that. You have a gorgeous website. Your branding is very different from most other attorneys. It's an asset protection law firm, atypical, right? So you're specialized in something where there's not a ton of competition. I believe you run some billboards. I don't know if you still do or not. I saw them somewhere on your social. You speak and you write. That's when I asked my team, like, look for somebody who is unique in the space and has a lot of followers and does it nonchalantly. They came back with your name. It's multi-pronged approach. It's not one thing. It's not two things. It's many things. Yes, it's it's a few different strategies. The uh, billboards came and went. They were they were fun, but a big help to my firm marketing has been specializing. If mm-hmm. you talk about more than one thing, nobody's going to know what you're talking about. But if you talk about one thing, and especially if it's a little bit unique, people will remember that forever. I can pretty much guarantee that if I ask you for a Cook Islands trust attorney, an offshore trust attorney, you're probably not going to have another one that comes to comes to mind. Maybe you do. That's great. That's great if you do, but you probably certainly don't have a lot that come to, that come to your to your mind. A big move that I made a little while back, which was great, was really narrowing my focus to focus just on the offshore asset protection trust, and this was great for a lot of reasons. First of all. It was great because it really helped me to develop my expertise in the area as opposed to trying to keep up with a few areas of law. And they were all similar, so all related. I mean, I wasn't all, all over the place, but to really focus on just one very area of the law um, really helped me to develop an ex- my expertise in that, in that area. The other benefit of specializing is marketing. People have to know what you're doing. You can be the best attorney in the world, but if nobody's in your business, well, you're not helping helping anybody and certainly not helping yourself. Mm-hmm. I get this question quite frequently from attorneys, usually small law firms who are struggling and they're thinking about a change of direction. For example, I had a conversation with a criminal defense attorney from Albany, New York, just two days ago. The market has become incredibly saturated. There's a ton of competition. He's like, what do you think about me adding a couple of other practice areas? Mm-hmm. And I basically told him exactly what you did. Yep. It's, um, you can, you can, and the other issue is attorneys don't like, I mean, like any business, attorneys don't like competition. And if you all of a sudden, I talked, I talked to a probate attorney. And mm-hmm. he's very skilled in probate. He can do probate litigation. He can do uncontested, un- uncontested pro- probate. On his website, he mentions estate planning. And he said that he does very little estate planning. That's maybe 5, 5% of his business. 
And I said, you've got to get that off your website because estate planning attorneys can be the biggest source of revenue, I mean, source of leads for the probate business. But if they see you're competing, they're not going to send you any business. Drop that little portion off your website where you get 5%, focus just on probate, and you're going to see your business explode. I know an attorney that uh, did that, just did probate litigation, and every estate planning attorney in town and the state was sending the, this attorney clients. He, he was busier than, 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 than could be. So as far as expanding practice areas, I would say... I mean, maybe sometimes that sometimes that works because if you run the estate planning practice, you could also do the probate work for, for the clients, but also sometimes narrowing your practice is what you need for it to grow as well. We always talk about this and we say that once you specialize in one thing and one thing only, your marketing becomes a lot easier. Oh, your, absolutely. Sales, your sales becomes a lot easier. You're not talking about a dozen different things. You're talking about one thing. You're operationally operations become a lot easier. Your HR becomes easier because your recruiting and your training becomes much more focused. Yep. And the management of your firm becomes a lot easier. But there's always this thinking that the more I offer, the more business I'm going to get. But the reality is, with some exceptions, the opposite is true. I, I, I certainly agree. Now, the advice, though, is not always that way. I know another attorney who runs a very large practice, maybe uh, 20 different practice areas, has maybe 50 different employees who work for him. He does he does very well, and he can do a lot of cross-referrals within the business. So I think that there's blanket of advice works well to a certain, certain degree, but I think it's also about finding the right fit for your, for your, for your, for your practice finding the right amount of practice areas because you do want to have multiple different because if you can handle multiple different practice areas and have multiple different sources of revenue and the cross referring that's that that can be a good business model so i don't want to say it's always necessary that you are super specialized but in a lot of cases that is a great strategy Mm -hmm. i can tell you from marketing and sales performance uh, from marketing and sales standpoint it is a lot easier to break through in your marketplace if you do specialize. Going after too many clients with various needs creates such a hurdle that you're unlikely to get that business. And exactly what you said, that if you talk about too many different things, people will not know what it is that you actually do. So I think specialization usually goes the long way. Absolutely. Imagine that I'm going to shift gears for a moment. Imagine that you are consulting an attorney, new attorney, an attorney who's been in the field for 20 years. They come to you and they say, Blake, what's the magic formula here for crushing it on TikTok? How do I start getting business from TikTok? What are the ingredients that go in to make it work? So the ingredients to uh, making it making it work on, on TikTok. First of all, I consider myself to uh, have a very high level skill when it comes to asset protection, offshore trust. I consider myself more of an amateur on TikTok, to be to be quite frank. I think that talking to someone like you who really focuses on just the marketing, because I do marketing, but I'm also running a running a law firm as well. So I, I want to just kind of put put that put that put that out there. What I'm going to say is based on my knowledge, but I don't, I don't claim to be an expert on TikTok marketing. But based on my, based on my, my knowledge, here's here's what works. Number one, you need to uh, continuously put out content. 
you've got to tell TikTok that I'm serious about continuously putting putting out content. With that, especially if you're super niche focused, it's going to be hard to come out with a ton of content, but you're allowed to go beyond your content. And I talk about other things that go on in my life, my travels, what food that I enjoy, other things I comment sometimes on what's going on and what's going on in the news. And this helps to just generally build trust and rapport and uh, occasionally make, make jokes. And with that, over years of watching my content, a lot of the asset protection information gets weaved into there, but in general, people are just following me along. So it's about building building a person as well, and um, especially with something like TikTok, having content beyond just whatever you're selling is, is, is fine. So regular content, it doesn't have to be super niche focused. Interacting. Here's a big mistake that a lot of people make. They post a video, it does well. They get 10, 20, 30 comments. And you go look at their page and they haven't responded to it to a single comment. You've got to, you've got to respond. It's like putting up a billboard and the people call your office and then you don't answer the phone. You've got, you've got to, you've got to respond. Not every one of those is a lead, but we've all had it before. If you comment on or if you comment on people's videos and they respond, Sasha, thanks for the comment. All of a sudden, you feel this connection with the person with the person on the other side. So regular, regular content posting, responding to people's information. And then the third aspect uh, is luck. I mean, that was that was a little bit of it, but the the uh, the footnote to luck is you create your own luck. And if you're not uh, if you're not throwing the dice, you're never going to have any luck. If you never show up to the uh, to the casino table, you're never going to have any luck. If you never post a video, you're never going to have going to have any good luck. I mean, that's that's basically it. You want to have valuable content. You want to have concise content. Beyond that, I recommend just kind of going online, reading, reading, reading the basics. But don't be afraid to post. You've got, you've got, you've got to post. You've got, you've got to keep posting. So it's, I mean, it's to simplify it. It comes down to two things: posting and interacting. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a bit of commitment there. How much time do you allocate to making videos? So I don't allocate any certain amount of time to. Mm-hmm making videos. I make videos whenever I can. And so my first line of my first priority is client work. If, if a client if I have client calls, if I have new leads, if there's uh, work to be done for the clients, I take care of that. I take care of that first. Beyond that, whatever other obligation life throws my way, family, friends, those those are important. And then extra extra exercise and then I do, and then I am a believer in time off as well. Um, I think it's important to make ourselves break our phone addiction. Mm. Uh, we, we hear, we, we were as children told about the importance of not doing drugs. You don't want to become a drug addict. Well, we're all phone addicts, and I'm, and I myself am, and, and this, and no, am no different. But I make an effort on Saturdays to be away from my phone for at least a few hours. I try to take a little bit of time break for my phone in, in the evening as well. All right. So now that I put all the other things that I do, work, family, f- friends, time off, and I, and all those are very, very important. The rest of the time, I'm constantly thinking about how to create social media content. And there, and 
I will um, go to uh, pick up my kids from school. And if I get there a little bit early, I'll get our TikTok and I'll record a video in, in the car. If I'm in an Uber ride, I'll record a video there. If I get off a phone call and a client asks me a question and, oh, this is a question that a thousand clients have asked me, how do I know this Cook Island trustee isn't going to steal all my money? And then I answer the question, which I've answered thousands of times. I get off my phone and I record a quick TikTok. How do I know my clients aren't going to, how do I know the trustee's not, not going to do it? And I record it right then and post it. If I'm in a place where I can't be recording videos, but I have thoughts that come to my mind that could be good content, I'll write down notes on my phone and then I will maybe put those notes in text form on LinkedIn as an Instagram story, on, on Twitter. Also, cross-utilizing platforms is a great strategy. Sometimes I'll ask a question on Instagram, uh, when's a time that you've ever felt worried about your bank failing? And uh, I'll let people respond with them, or I'll do an AMA on Instagram, ask, ask me anything. And as people ask different questions, I'll post the answer on Instagram, but I'll also use that to post content on TikTok. And then the same for TikTok, as people come up with suggestions for TikTok, I will then reformat that into text format and put it on my other social media platforms interacting with other creators, stitching other other videos, but constantly going back and forth between the various pl- platforms. And I will reuse a meme that I see on one platform onto onto another onto another platform. And and uh, sometimes I will write out something. I made a list the other day of three things that I do not do even though I'm an attorney. I don't wear a suit. I don't go to court. I don't bill for my time. I don't touch paper. And then I just kind of post that in text version on a few of my platforms. And then people kind of would sometimes comment on it. And I'll also remember, oh, one more thing that I can add to that list. And then once I have that content, then I'll reuse it again on on TikTok. And then somebody will even add something more to that. And I can cross-reference that and add more to the other, other social media platforms. So no set amount of time, but I will tell you that I never get bored. If I'm, uh, it's kind of the, it's kind of the, uh, kind of the catch, kind of the, kind of the catch all. If I'm not working, playing, resting, then I'll go to, go onto social media and I will uh, consume social social media for the purpose of giving myself something to something to do, but then I'll also, I mean, for purpose of giving myself some content to use, and then I will post post that, uh, and then I'll use that to come up with some more, more to post. And then also, I love this, I love the saying, don't create social media content, be the social media content. If I'm teaching a continuing education class, I may record that and then upload clips of that onto onto my channel. If I'm doing a Zoom call with with someone, it's an appropriate one, uh, and I have their per- permission, I can use that and refurbish that elsewhere. For the speech that I just gave last week down in Nevis in the in the Caribbean, I spent quite a bit of time practicing that speech. And what I would do is, uh, as I practice the speech. I would record a uh, clip of me uh, doing one of the slides, and then I'd post post that online. So, how much? So, to go back to your original question, how much? How much time? When you've got free time, you use it, and when you're just living your life, you can use that as content as 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 well. 
I'm smiling because you once again in your manner of speech very nonchalantly say that you do this when you have the time but when you describe everything that goes into it it sounds like a very serious deliberate work that it, you have fun doing it it i mean it's uh it's yes take advantage of drafts. Sometimes you'll be able to record 10 TikToks in one day. You don't need to spit them all, all out at once. You can keep a bunch lined up in your drafts and then some other day when you don't have the time to, cre to create content, you can release those drafts. Mm -hmm. I, I caught a, something else. You said that you get asked the same question a thousand times. Is it okay to record a video on the same subject more than once? So, Yes, because yes, I do, but I present it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. So it's it's uh, TikTok is continuously pushing you out to new people who've never who've never seen you before, and uh, you'll get asked the questions even though you've gone over them many times, the same questions again and again. So I think it's I think it's I think it's I think it's fine too. I mean, you don't want to be doing it too recently but if it's been over over six months yeah pound, pounding in that message that's that's fine i mean the billboard attorneys in your in your town they've had the same message up over over and over and over i mean those you're kind of forced to see tiktok you can you can scroll through but if you present it in a different manner and it's and it's been some time no i think that's i think that's great to do it i think that's fine to repeat the same same message just do it differently in a different in a slightly different style and uh, don't do it too soon afterwards. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Let's imagine for a moment that you and I decide to partner up and buy a law firm. Let's say it's an estate planning law firm and there are two founders and then there are four associates. What do you want them to do year one in order to grow their book of business? Okay, so for somebody who's starting out in a state planning law firm, what would my what would my advice and guidance be? Um, it's it's not just that there are two partners who own the firm. They sell it to us. They have to stay on for a year, and we have four associates that are also there. Okay. What do you want them all to do that first year that we're there as owners of the law firm to grow their book of business? Okay, so first thing is start with what you have make sure that you are doing a great job for your clients. Make sure that you've got the process in place. Don't even think about doing any marketing until you know that anybody who comes and interacts with your firm is going to have an excellent experience. If you can't offer your clients an excellent experience, then you need to focus on being able to offer your clients an, ex an excellent experience. That's absolutely the most important part of growing a law firm. With that, you want your clients to be leaving reviews. If your clients can leave online Google reviews, that's going to be a huge boost to your business. The next thing that I think is going to be very important is to have a resume. You want to, to have a website, which is your, which is your resume. You want to have a uh, excellent resume that shows that you have a well-organized website because you're going to have a well-organized practice. You want to have a website that shows um, you're clean and crisp and modern. And so with all of that, it's important that you put together a great website. I'd say that's, say that's, that's first. Next, go ahead and get on social media. You want to not necessarily spread yourself thin across too many platforms. The worst thing you can do is start a Facebook page and then never post on that Facebook page because if you do that, 
it's going to look like your website is dead. It's going to look like your firm is closed if you're not regularly posting content. So start out with one or two social media platforms and then just start building content on that. Use hash, hash, use hash, use hashtags and then get involved and do other things to market your business beyond social media. Social media, as I said, it fills in the gaps. When I have available time, I use social media, but it's but I don't block out two hours a day to do social media. Some people do that and maybe maybe I maybe I should, but I but at least with me, I'm still able to have some sufficient time. I think speaking engagements are very popular. I have a rule, I guess maybe a rule or something follow a guideline, which is I don't go to conferences unless I'm speaking because you get a hundred times the return. Becoming a, a speaker, you can go to the conference and connect with half the people there. As an attendee, you might connect with five percent of five percent of the people people there. You also want to build up your professional network. A good attorney will know other attorneys, know other attorneys, know other attorneys who are reliable. And it can be hard to find good, reliable attorneys. I know some very good, reliable attorneys, and I have throughout my career interacted with other attorneys who I made a mistake. I sent them a client or asked them to assist with the client project, and they did not do a good job. So having a network of other attorneys you you work with who can service your clients, also great if they can refer a business, but I don't recommend going and knocking on doors and asking for business. I think your time is better spent other ways because I've got a friend who just started a painting a painting company, and uh, he said, you know, I think I'm going to go to this apartment complex and offer them my business. And I said, no, make yourself look more attractive and people will come to you. You don't want to seem desperate. I get emails from uh, personal injury attorneys to say, hey, maybe you could send us some, some business. That does not catch my interest. Instead, if I see somebody who's a great personal injury attorney and maybe they send me a client, this is going to catch my, this is going to catch my attention. So step one, make sure you're doing a good job for clients. Step two, build up a great website. Step three, get on a little bit of social media or a, a few social media platforms. You can post as much as, as much as you want. You can tweet 10 times a day, 10 times in an, an hour if it's valuable content. And then number four, get involved. Meet other attorneys, meet other, other professionals, meet other people who can, who can refer you business. Amazing advice. Do you ever think about exit strategy from your business? Well, one of my sayings is the uh, is, is the goal of every attorney is to not be an attorney. So I love it. So may, maybe maybe in, maybe in, in the back of my mind. However, again, I don't wear a suit. I don't go to court. I don't touch. I don't touch paper. The way I run my practice, I I very much enjoy it. And uh, I know other attorneys who are in offshore trust and they're in their 70s and still seem to be kicking it and kicking it and having fun. I travel all around the world. I talk to people from anywhere from the Cook Islands all the way to Switzerland. I generally, I, I generally enjoy it. I don't really spend a lot of time in, in, thinking, thinking about an exit strategy just yet. Um, I've got uh, a younger family member or two that is interest in the business. They think what I do is cool and I'm kind of been uh, guiding them and teaching them about the, about the business and they may be brought into the business, but I 
wouldn't say that an exit strategy is much as much is, is really is really on my mind. No, I'm I'm very much interested in just continuing to grow grow the business. I mean, no, I, I think more important than having an exit strategy is to have a business model that you can and would like to su- sustain. Some people, I think, another saying is uh, instead of planning a lot of vacations, why don't you just arrange a life that you don't want to escape from? And that's what I feel I've, I've done. I've, I've got a small but very good team. I've got the ability to fire a client if they're being disrespectful. I, I can understand somebody having a bad day and I can be patient with, with that, but I don't have to deal with disrespectful clients. I've, if there is an issue with an employee, we, we resolve it. And if it can't be resolved, then we part, then, then, then we, then we part ways. So to circle around, no, I don't. I don't look for an exit strategy at all. No, I'm gonna. I, I enjoy doing business. I've been an entrepreneur since I was very young. It's it's just a very big part of, part of my DNA. No, I, I don't look for an exit strategy from the business. I look for an exit strategy from portions of the business that I may not like. But no, I'm not looking for an exit strategy. Got it. Blake, what an amazing interview. If people want to connect with you, and if people who are serious students of marketing want to learn from you through observation, how and where do they find you? Well, I mean, if someone is uh, serious about learning for marketing, I'd probably contact Sasha. But if they want to reach, if they want to reach out to, out to me, you can find my contact information on my website, blakeharrislaw.com. Shoot me an email, blake at blakeharrislaw.com. If uh, somebody seems like they have uh, aptitude to do great things and they're focused and shown drive, there are some people who I mentor. I'm more than happy to serve as a mentor. I love teaching because I learn so much. I learn so much from it. I'm constantly learn, learning new th- things and realizing that uh, things that I had been doing, I wasn't doing the right way and constantly tweaking and, and, get, and getting, getting better at it. Uh, you can follow me on all of my social media, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. It's all Blake Harris Law or follow me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there as well. Yeah. Amazing point that you just mentioned that you like to teach. I recently listened to an interview with Mr. Warren Buffett, who was asked a few years ago, how would you like to be remembered? And you would think that the guy with such a tremendous success record of over seven decades and billions of dollars to his name would say is the most successful investor of all time. And he is. So they want to be remembered as a teacher. Cool. I, 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 I like that. Yeah, he's 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 got he's got some good quotes for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's been such a pleasure and honor to have you here. Thank you it, so much. And this has been fun, Sasha. You have a great day. Thanks for reaching yeah. out. Take care. Terrific. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction, GrowLawFirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.